Returning to the program, he was just on a few weeks back, is our good pal, Dr. Andy Jones, the host of Dr. Andy's Poetry and Technology Hour here on KDVS. Welcome back, Dr. Andy. Thank you very much, Doug. Always good to be back to talk about literary topics with you. Although, unfortunately, for the second time in a row, we're having you back to do an obituary. We talked about J.D. Salinger not too long ago, but uh, I thought we should spend some time and mention the passing of Eric Siegel. It's rare that a classics professor at Yale would get so much uh, attention in the news or even a mention on Radio Parallax, but I bet it has something to do with his 1970 novel, Love Story. Well, apparently it sold 4.3 million copies in paperback, and people credited it with saving uh, Paramount Studios. It was a huge movie hit, huge book hit, and uh, I guess was kind of an odd thing for a professor of, of English. I think it was a somewhat autobiographical novel. From what I remember, he had written it originally as a screenplay. And someone said, well, you know, you should just turn this into novel form. And it was the best-selling book of 1970. And then I believe it was later in 1970 that uh, they made the film with Ryan O'Neill and uh, Ali McGraw. And uh, in a 2000 article, I remember that uh, Variety magazine called it the first of the modern-day blockbusters that it grossed $200 million, which would be impressive even today. Everyone read the book and everyone saw the movie. Well, they sure did, but I gather that although it was a huge popular success, uh, reading about it, the critics uh, were, were less kind. In 1971, it was considered for a National Book Award. The fiction jury threatened to resign in a body unless it was removed from contention, and it was. That's funny. Well, it did a little bit better at the Academy Awards that next year. It received seven Academy Award nominations, including one for Mr. Siegel's uh, screenplay, and, uh, but it only won for Best Original Score, which is still pretty good. I think it came up again in the, the 1990s, you might remember this, where uh, Al Gore, who was then uh, vice president, uh, was reported to have said that he was the inspiration <laughs> for Oliver Bar- uh, Barrett, yes. who is the, uh, the protagonist the grieving pro- protagonist of uh, the film Love Story. Yeah, well, what did they finally decide about that? Did Siegel come forward and say, no, it wasn't Al, or I, I forget? Well, I, I do know that um, Al Gore later denied having been the source <laughs> of this uh, particular observation. Okay. So I don't know what came of that. I believe, though, interestingly, that Tommy Lee Jones was in the film. He was, it was one of his early films. And as we all know, it has been confirmed that Tommy Lee Jones and Al Gore were roommates at Harvard. Well, there you go. Interesting. Uh, reading about him, he graduated from Harvard as class poet and Latin, I hope I'm saying this right, salutatory orator, a dual honor that was only equaled by T.S. Eliot, which, is, which makes this whole Hollywood success story even a little bit more bizarre, doesn't it? It is bizarre, and it's also bizarre that before writing uh, Love Story, he would go on to write uh, the screenplay for the animated Beatles movie Yellow Submarine. (laughs) 
with uh, the, the frightening uh, blue glove as well as the, the blue meanies. Well, uh, he eventually settled in England, I read, became a fellow at Wolfson College of Oxford University, published some works of scholarship and some other novels. Uh, have you ever run anything like this in your career in academia, of anyone having this sort of dual life? Uh, yes, but usually one of the lives is just a, a life of uh, unspeakable scandal <laughs> rather than accomplishment. <laughs> but, but yes, for instance, uh, we have professors in the English department who uh, have had success both as uh, scholars and as novelists. I'm thinking, for instance, of uh, Professor Emeritus Max Bird, who uh, has written very well-received novels about Andrew Jackson and Thomas Jefferson, as well as uh, a number of uh, detective novels. And then uh, he would do that by night, and by day he would be a a respectable professor of (laughs) 18th century studies, especially Alexander Pope. Huh. Well, Dr. Andy, I am sorry to have to bring you back uh, so soon to again, uh, you know, we're dealing with, with a literary obituary, but I'm glad to have you back. You're sorry. Well, I'll just quote the book and the film, Dr. Doug, and say, love means never having to say you're sorry. Oh, ow. (laughs) Ouch. Good to talk to you, Doug, even if it's about uh, great dead American writers. Well, and hopefully hopefully we won't have you back anytime soon for that, but we'll have to have you come talk about some live people here one of these times. I look forward to that. All right, Dr. Andy, so much thanks. Bye-bye. Dr. Andy Jones can, of course, be heard every Wednesdays at 5 o'clock on KDVS for his excellent program, Dr. Andy's Poetry and Technology Hour. Let's do a couple other quick obits here. I want to note the passing of Charles Mathias of Maryland. He spent 26 years on Capitol Hill as a Republican, but uh, the American Conservation Union gave him a zero grade for his many liberal stances. During three terms in the Senate, Mathias was a strong supporter of civil rights legislation and supported a federal ban on inexpensive handguns known as Saturday Night Specials. He also opposed the war in Vietnam and championed environmental causes. As a reward, Charles Mathias landed on Richard Nixon's so-called enemies list and was later denied the chairmanship of the Judiciary Committee during the Reagan administration. Apparently thought about running for president back in 1974, at which time he quoted Edmund Burke's famous dictum, quote, Your representative owes you his judgment, and he betrays instead of serving you if he sacrifices it to your opinion. Apparently after the crowd applauded... (laughs) (laughs) Matthias said, I would point out that Edmund Burke was defeated the next election. But it was still the right answer. I want to correct uh, Charles Matthias and uh, and Edmund Burke in noting that uh, your representative may owe you his judgment, but uh, mainly he betrays you by uh, sacrificing it to the opinion of special interests. One note to the passing of uh, the last of the uh, Bonanza actors, Pernell Roberts, who played Adam on the long-running popular Western uh, TV show, passed away at age 82. Pernell Roberts played Adam Cartwright, the suave, book-smart eldest son on the show. show. I remember as a boy being upset about the fact that he was quitting. At the time, everybody seemed very closed-mouthed about why it was that... uh, Pernell Roberts was unhappy with his role. 
So I was sort of amused to find out a half century later uh, what, what those reasons were. Apparently he said, six seasons of feeling like a damned idiot, going around like a middle-aged teenager saying, yes, pa, no, pa, on cue. It was downright disgusting. Such dialogue for a grown man. Said the LA Times, despite uh, Bonanza's genre-breaking emphasis on character development over gunplay, Pernell Roberts thought the show trite and hated his role. A political liberal and civil rights protester Roberts also complained that Bonanza depicted the West as a whites-only domain. Although Roberts never recaptured his early fame, he did earn an Emmy nomination in 1981 as the title character in Trapper John, M.D., which was a spinoff of M.A.S.H., Gotta admit, it wasn't a good career move necessarily for him uh, to say back in the 60s, isn't it just a bit silly for three adult males to get their father's permission for everything they do and then walk away from the role? But, you know, I have to take my hat off to him for doing it. It does show a certain amount of integrity. By the way, I think that item tells us what we're going to go out of the show with in terms of music. But before we do that, one final item. There were some embarrassed Republicans uh, this week. (laughs) In the wake of the fact that uh, Sarah Palin, giving an address to the uh, Tea Party convention taking place in Nashville, on close-up on camera, was shown to have put some crib notes in her left palm. Apparently, researchers zoomed in on her palm and found the following words scrawled in black ink. Energy, budget cuts, (laughs) tax, and lift American spirits. It was noted that in an ironic twist during the speech... Ms. Palin worked in a jab against President Obama's oft-mocked use of teleprompters. And apparently you can go on YouTube if you're so interested, and you can catch her looking down at her her palm, uh, reminding herself of what it was she wanted to say. Final item we lament in in closing the passing uh, of Esquire Magazine's wonderful Dubious Achievements of the Year Award. They said they were going to make last year's issue the last time they did it, and uh, unfortunately they... Stuck by their vow. It was a funny bit over the years, and the Sarah Palin item uh, <laughs> reminds me of a dubious achievement they gave in the 70s to Mark Spitz, who was doing a lot of speaking engagements at that time in the wake of winning seven Olympic gold medals. Spitz said, I would never memorize a speech. That would be too plastic. What I do is simply remember six key words before I give a talk. The headline that Esquire affixed to that piece was, Swim in Toilet, pee in pool. And speaking of the Olympics, I'll be talking with author Mark McLaughlin on tomorrow's Insight program on Capital Public Radio about his book, Longboards to Olympics, A Century of Tahoe Winter Sports. I'll also be talking with KDVS's own Franz Kassing on tomorrow's program about her uh, multiple interviews with the legendary Howard Zinn, heard right here on KDVS on her program, It's About You. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week at the same time.
this is James Brown, soul brother number one, always fighting. Now I'm fighting for your life. I'm fighting for your life because if you use drugs, you better leave it alone. Drugs are contagious. They're killers. Every drug is a killer. Stay away from drugs. Drugs will take your life away. And if you want to live, stay away from drugs because they are super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad, super bad.